3: You are listening to the Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to the Missed Apex Podcast. I'm joined by Matt
1: Trumpets. Hey, Spanners, how's it going?
3: Yeah, not bad, buddy. What's in a name, though, eh? We ended last week as the final lap podcast.
1: True, and now we're the Missed Apex Podcast. And I don't know, should I tell the viewers the truth about that?
3: You can do. What's your version of the truth?
1: Well, so many commenters pointed out that it better resembled your driving style on Forza that we were forced to change the name.
3: <laughs> to Missed Apex. That is <laughs> slanderous. Because, And I welcome anyone to come and watch me on Forza 6 on Xbox, where I hit at least 10% of the Apexes.
1: Which is better than me, I will be honest.
3: So we had to dump Final Lap Podcast because of apparently there's some big deal NASCAR podcast. Mac, how come you didn't know about that? You're you're our American rep.
1: Well, because I don't listen to NASCAR podcasts, maybe.
3: So uh, as a reaction, we were thinking, well, you know, sod you NASCAR, we'll call it the turning right and left podcast.
1: I like that one, but the hashtag was too long.
3: It was too long. And then we experimented with, shall we just go the lap before the penultimate lap podcast or the victory lap podcast? But I think in the end, Missed Apex podcast suits us all right.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think that works pretty well. And we should men- mention our sponsors. We have. Mercedes AMG. P- please explain. Potentially, potentially oh, well, they yeah, are sponsors, yeah, this is Why what not? I'm
3: saying. You are invited, Mercedes officially, we'll back you. They seem like quite a big organisation, I'll, I'll have a bit of that action.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for my car to get delivered, how about you?
3: Hope it's in the post, hope it's on a low loader on its way here. So, we're not going to say this every week, Matt, but we're not strangers to everyone. Some of, the, some of the listeners may remember us from a different F1 podcast. We're not associated with that organization in any way. We're an independent podcast, but we will be popping up on Downforce Radio for as long as they'll have us. And that's also where we host E-Radio Show, where we talk a lot, Matt, about off-throttle oversteer.
1: Yes, and batteries, because batteries are fascinating
3: and i am starting to learn what off throttle off oversteer is so i can i can now talk about that with some authority
1: good explain it in 20 words or less
3: <sighs> i find if you've got a good enough phrase like that uh, in my professional life i use the term photon correlation spectroscopy even though i, I couldn't really explain it in great depth but I, I find it discourages people from asking further questions
1: right <laughs> not me though so what are we giving you
3: that we can't get elsewhere well we're aiming to bring you race reviews before your monday morning commute this show is safe for work we're keeping it clean here so you can play it with kids in the background or in your car or at work my son is six and i want him to be able to hear this without learning anything colorful we did all right last week did not we matt
1: Else colorful. And yes, yes, I thought we did very well last week, although we did have Queen V on last week, and she is sadly missing from the lineup today.
3: Yeah, I know. And, uh, well, wait and see what disappointment we've brought in to, to sub for her. We, we apologize in advance for that. But, I mean, uh, you could just... Yeah. You could just download the podcast version from iTunes, search Missed Apex, if you like missing out on stuff, I guess. I mean, in the same way that you could have bread without adding delicious Nutella. Nutella, spread the love. But for the full experience, why not follow us on Ustream? That's the letter U, followed by stream, followed me, spanners ready, on Ustream, and you'll get a notification whenever we go live. You can watch us right from the app, and the app has a built-in chat room. Also, why not call in? Yeah, you can call us right from the mobile app in Skype. So, turn your phone on, give us a ring. And finally, why not join the Facebook group, search Missed Apex Podcast on there. There are 36 people in that group right now. You could be the 37th. Join that. That is your group. You post what you like. Keep it clean. Follow us on Twitter at Miss F1. So that's the housekeeping out the way. I swear we won't do all of that every week. So, Matt, instead of Vivian, we have the delightful tree elf, Tom Clancy. How's it going, Tom? Our eRadio co-host. Yeah, you've got Queen T. Queen T- You really want to be called Queen T. I can no.
1: it's, he can't. He can't take that back. That is done. That the internet you know, owns it now.
0: All right, fine. No, but uh, <laughs> it's great to it's great to be here.
3: That will be on the internet forever. Yeah, you can. We'll show that to your future children. And last week, Matt, I don't want to like, I don't want to have like a domestic between you and me. There were quite a few chat room comments that you missed last week because I thought you were so enthused by the F1 chat. So I've brought in someone who has absolutely no knowledge, expertise, or interest in F1 at all, sitting in the producer chair. It's Tony Thunderbeast Barnard. Thanks for helping out, mate. Hello.
4: I don't. You say I don't have any interest. I have interest. I just have no knowledge right now, so I'm going to build that up. You know, it's surprising how people think
3: they come onto an F1 show and that everyone is going to be more knowledgeable than them. But I'll bet you find that you know a lot more than you think you do.
4: I know that the cars have four wheels. They're very fast, and it's on on the weekend. That's that's, th-
3: that's at yeah. least three things. All right, Tony. Well, thanks for for guarding the chat room. Uh, with us, but you can say stuff if anything comes to mind, if you've got anything to comment about the news that's coming up. Big Dirty News. Well, I've managed to play that bumper very quietly. I think I might even give that another go. There we go. Big Dirty News. Well, probably the biggest news this week, boys, is still that qualifying format. I must admit, I've completely lost track. Officially, they were binning it in a panicky, knee-jerk reaction. Then they were definitely keeping it in what I guess would be a reaction to the overreaction. Matt, where exactly are we now? Are they What qualifying are we going to have next Saturday?
1: Well, it turns out there will be qualifying next Saturday. Definitely. This we can establish yes. beyond a shadow of a doubt. no. The full story, or rather the not full story, but the shortened version, is originally they were going to ditch it. But in particular, Bob Fernley, of course, India, did not want to ditch it. And of course, any change at this point in the season requires the unanimity of all the representatives of whom Bob Fernley is one for, right. of course, India and the midfield teams. So then they decided to keep it, but they wished to amend it. So the amended format would have been basically what we saw except for Q3 would have gone back to the old format where they drive around and fastest lap gets pole. So there would have been no elimination in Q3, basically. It would have been like last year's Q3. But it turns out, see if you can guess which one of the two teams decided that was unacceptable.
3: Which one of the two teams that was in Q3? Two
1: two teams. No, I'm not in Q3. Two teams. Oh, the, two the, teams. Uh, voted two against teams it. voted against changing uh, the format to be this hybrid format, and thus dooming us to another week of the original.
3: So you've got to say format. who does this format suit, and it's probably Mercedes because they're going to end up a tire up on everyone at the end of the sessions with these, because they've just got to do la- in each session they're just going to put one lap in. And sit in their cars for the for the ten minutes as people get eliminated, so was Mercedes one of them? no, oh go on, Tom who would your guess be
0: um i i I don't know who I would have guessed i ca- I've seen you know I do know who the two teams are um and based on how they reacted after qualifying from round one i I'm pretty surprised to see that Red Bull was one of them um because Christian Horner came straight out, as did Tozo Wolf, and absolutely slammed the qualifying format on uh, the Channel Four coverage. I don't know what it was like on Sky; whether they spoke to them there as well. Yeah, no,
1: no, it was slammed everywhere
0: by him. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why Christian Horner wouldn't just be in favour of. I suppose he, so. The thing is, he just doesn't want it to be a
1: hybrid. Is that it? Well, here's the thing: he wanted to go back to the old format, and when they yeah. voted on it. The old format was not an option on their multiple-choice test. It was either keep it the way it is or go for the hybrid format. And what? I, th- perhaps in a fit of, shall we say, peak spite, I don't know, they, <laughs> they elected to it along with Craig Alderson's
3: favorite team. McLaren so McLaren also have scuppered it I'm
1: impressed you remembered their name right away I had a hard time remembering their name earlier when I was listing all the teams (sighs) do you know what
3: you are you mocking me because that exact same thing happened to me no I
1: I, an completely separate occurrence so this is now scientific because we have two points of we have
3: two data sets don't we so I think that's right so yeah so I was trying to list all the teams you can't uh, think of it, right? No, but the thing is, I got nine down, and in my head I was going, well, that's one to go. And then I was like, Renault, Renault, got it, Renault, that's it. And it was only when I looked at the list Renault later.
1: Renault got it, you got it. Did you, have Lotus,
0: <laughs> did you have Lotus and Renault both in there?
3: Yeah. It, you know what? Quite possibly. But that just shows sort of how far they've fallen from the kind of, you know, the, the front of my mind. Uh, it's
0: weird, isn't it? Because you don't think of them as a front-running team anymore, and you don't think of them as, you know, rolling around at the back. So you just kind of forget about them completely.
3: They sort of drift. They sort of drift into the wilderness. So they've they've opposed the hybrid. So what does that yes. mean? We're, we're left with now?
1: Exactly the way it was in Melbourne. Right. okay. Why? So that's why, why are they, they doing was... this? Well, well, here's the thing: they were presented with two options: either change Q3 or keep it exactly as is. They voted not to change Q3. Therefore, it stays as is. That's the way the rules are written. Now I don't you can ask why. You could ask yourself why the FIA didn't present them with the third option to go back. Yeah, and it could be because they didn't want to look like foolish for having to go back, revert so quickly. But there were a fair number of people, including Lewis Hamilton, who came out and said they shouldn't just abandon it outright. They should try and rescue this. I the didn't qualifying needs a change, and the fact of the matter is, you had Bob Fernley the same day that Horner was trashing it. Basically pretty much coming out and saying, no, nah, nah we, we don't want to go back to the old qualifying format of last year. So I don't think it was ever a realistic option because Force India would have scuppered going back to last year. So I think we were going to wind up here regardless.
3: Do you think this is an indication of Lewis Hamilton's sort of maybe inability to read uh, public mood? Because what he said in itself wasn't too bad, but it was against the flow of the entire of the Internet, which is he came out and said, I know what we should do. We should just try a different model of qualifying for the next several races and see what we like. because yeah. everyone got terribly upset with that. But I think I know what he was driving at, which is let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because it didn't work in Australia doesn't mean, mean that the whole concept is doomed.
1: And more to the point, I think it's going to be very interesting and illustrative to see how Q1 and Q2 go this this coming weekend as compared to the previous weekend. Because I think you will see that the teams are a lot more on that clock, yeah. the ones that are on the elimination. And I think you'll begin to see what they had in mind when they designed it. But you do have the problem of basically running out of tires in Q3. That's not been addressed. The attempt to address it was to go back to the old qualifying format that's been scuppered so i think i sadly q3 is going to look pretty much like it did in melbourne which maybe mercedes will run two rounds if Rosberg or hamilton has a particularly bad lap but it could be that if everybody gets the lap in and is where they think they ought to be that everyone will just do one run yeah (laughs) in q3 and then we'll sit around for five minutes before we all go write our reviews and whatnot
3: yeah well i don't know if it if it will work out like that the reason everyone did one lap and stayed where they were and were getting eliminated in the garage was because you know they thought they had time to go out again. I think they must have thought that they, as long as they f- start that qualifying lap before the elimination time, they could go on and set the lap. But now they now they realise when they've got to run out. Surely it's going to be a lot busier, and you're going to have cars fighting over those last elimination spots as well.
1: Yeah, I think that would be the case. You're going to see them adopting new strategies to try and deal with that time pressure. And it's all going to be based on the very first lap they do. So you're going to see a lot of action early on the track, and then it's going to get intriguing from there, I think. What do you think, Tom?
0: Um Yeah, I, I think it should be much... I think they need to make it much more of a show, much more of a, an event than it was. I think if you're going to have this um, knockout format, then I think you need to build the show around it. And I think they need to make the clock far more prominent I, could, I couldn't I could even read it from the sofa they had like this little tiny red number counting down by the side of the the driver's name that I couldn't see at all and I think they just I think they just need to did you see it wasn't even on the it wasn't even on screen for the first four cars or something they got knocked out
3: okay we have a caller joining us on the line
5: hello caller can you hear us yeah I can hear you guys what's up loud and clear uh, who are we speaking to go away child <laughs>
3: Fortis c forty four. Fortis c forty four. Uh by that hashtag and we do know you, sir, very well. A fierce defender of our triple world champion, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, happy enough yes, with his I start am. this season? Huh? Happy enough with his start fighting his
5: way back from seventh this season. Uh yeah, good enough. He looked he looked pleased with his performance given what happened, so I'm cool with that. And it's only race one, 20 20 more to go. Do you think it was brave uh putting on a brave face saying well
3: last year I was 25 points down this year it's only 7?
5: I don't know. I think given what happened I think it was probably genuine like you know a genuine pleasure that you know he came back to finish second because I mean from 7th he, picked... he looked dead and buried, didn't he? Yeah, and given what happened at the first corner, I mean what Nika moved over a little bit more. That's his rear wing, his front wing gone. Pitt changed changes wing, so he, you know. So, given everything that happened, it's not a bad result.
3: What about the accusations that your boy couldn't even get past the Toro Rosso in that first stint? You know, is that it's... you know,
5: is that a bit of leftovers from partying all some all winter? Uh, that's just people talking. What that's you know, that's the usual talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seb could. I mean, uh was it? They couldn't even, what was that, what's his name? Palmer couldn't even get past a horse, for Christ's sake. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're defending your boy then? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. In the, ne- the next time he catches him, he's going to put a beating on him and then get it over and done with. So all this talk about Max, <laughs> the great Max Verstappen Put him to one side and let him go and sit down. See,
3: I feel like I'm a voice on my own, Fortis, when uh, when I'm saying that Max might be a tad overrated. You agreeing with me?
5: Oh, I've been saying that last since last year. I said it I said all the hype around him <laughs> is probably because he's seventeen and his dad his dad was just the boss. But I think overall science is a better overall package than years. But yeah. I think Toro Ross oh, is nice. leaning towards towards Max because all the hype surrounds him.
3: Yeah. And before yeah. Uh, before we let you go then, Fortis, what do you think of uh, the qualifying in Australia? And are you in favour of keeping a similar format for
5: Bahrain? Actually, the first two rounds I was okay with, even though at one point I couldn't tell who was being timed out because you didn't see a clock. Until eventually someone must have catch on at FOM. I thought, hold on a second, we're not showing the clock. And who is being timed out? So when that happened, that was fine. But when it got to Q3, and then you see four minutes, Seb's walking out in in his overalls, going to get weighed in, and you're like, hold on a second, is this qualifying or is this or what's going on? You know, but I don't mind the first two. I think they probably could um, tweak Q3 a bit, probably like 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 they did last season where they gave them an extra set of tires.
4: Yeah,
3: Q3. yeah. yeah. Give them an extra set
5: for Q3 again and let them go out and just run. Absolutely.
3: Thanks uh, so much for your input, Fortis. Thanks for being our, our first successful caller on Missed Apex Podcast and hope that we can catch up with you again soon. Anytime. Cheers, fella. All right. Well, there you go, Matt. After the debacle last week of not being able to get a caller through, wasn't that nice to have someone actually who's been interacting with us since we've been doing motorsport podcasting coming on and joining the podcast?
1: It was delightful to have Fordison. on. I can't wait till he calls back in again.
3: Do you know what? He kind of sounds like I always imagined.
1: He kind of sounds like you always imagined.
3: In a good way. Anyway, okay. so, uh, guys, if, um, do you know, what? I'm just going to take a little bit of uh, a note of the time I said that stupid thing. Probably just whip it right out for the people who aren't watching the live stream or the playback of the full video that you can watch by going to the Spanners Ready channel. But yes, do join in on the stream, you followed by stream and call. And I think that's probably enough of qualifying just now, lads.
0: Just off, just off the back of that call, though, it's not really as easy as them just adding another set of tyres, do you think? Because Formula One's got to enter this cost cost saving. They're all about cost saving, supposedly, or they'd like to be. Well, do you know what? If they were all about cost saving, if they were really no, all about not, cost saving, exactly, they're not, there, are they? But they're it's really just gonna look, It's going to yeah. look irresponsible just to burn through more tires. Well, to be fair, I think the only way they
3: they're going to save it is with some new tires, Matt. There, there's no way they can tweak this with the same amount with the same tire allocation.
1: I've seen a lot of really great suggestions, which go much farther afield from the format we're discussing right now. But if you're talking about essentially sticking with the elimination time. The only real way to get them to run is to give them another set of tires that you yeah, to then take so. back at the end of qualifying. So there's pointless to hang on to them for the race.
3: Okay, so we'll uh, we'll see if there's any chat room activity at the moment. Uh, but first, we're gonna have a little a little bit of a, a little bit of a check in with our friends at Forge Motorsport. Oh
0: no, you missed the apex.
3: Can't find the parts you're looking for? Maybe it's time you called Forge Motorsport. Famous for our innovation, clever design and manufacturing to the highest quality. Our mantra is the best customer care and after service worldwide. So we've developed the largest range of replacement aftermarket, blow-off valves, recirculation valves, intercoolers and actuators in the world. We are dedicated in applying our wealth of knowledge and technical expertise gained through years of research and development to create products that deliver the highest level of quality. Call 0152 380 999 and our dedicated staff are ready to help you. Forge Motorsport, proudly made in Great Britain. Now, Tony, it's all right if you tell me that the chat room was just Matt insulting me
4: at this point. No, no, it's pretty busy in here. It's hectic. We've been inundated it with literally several questions. <laughs> hey, it's goodness. wild.
3: It, wait, lit, you make that sound like poor, but it is quite hard yeah, to kind good. of master the internet to come and join your live stream. Uh,
4: what, what of note then, Tony? Yeah, we've got uh, a comment from uh, Matt PT 54, <laughs> which could easily be confused with <laughs> Matt Trumper here with yeah. the PT fifty four, but it's not him. Matt PD 54 says, Spanner sounds hopeful, hopelessly ignorant. And he then follows with, is it possible for anyone to know less about a subject? <sighs> uh, they not should, very they should see op- me
3: on e-radio show.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or on a dad's view, in fact, where I
3: dare to talk about parenting. <laughs> Who do I think I am? Yeah, you totally know what you're talking about over there. <laughs> okay, then. So, possibly best to move on. Since we were talking about tyres and qualifying, uh, one of the successes last weekend was the mixed tyres, so uh, now that the dust has settled on that, are we still thinking it's a good idea? I mean, it's quite a bit, it's quite complicated uh, it with them picking their own tyre allocations. But the long and the short of it is they've got three tyres to pick from now instead of two. They still have to use at least two sets, different sets. Is that right?
0: Yeah,
1: that's
3: right. There we go. Uh, but they've got a more freedom of how many sets they pick to use over the weekend.
1: So yeah, it's a... It's entirely down to them.
3: It is entirely down to them. Now, in the race, I think that definitely works. As in, it, it gave the teams an opportunity to shoot themselves in their foot. Uh, like, what what would they have done in Australia? Traditionally, is that a track where they use the softest tyres? Isn't it because it's quite a low wear track? Where, I think
0: so. Isn't Don't they it? Use the soft and the medium. Oh, the medium the so- and soft.
3: Oh, is that so? The the new element they had then really was the super soft. And yeah, all that, that doesn't did. come
0: in for a few races, is it the super soft?
1: Uh, so, right, that's the ultra soft, right? So yeah. all, oh. look at us—we're hopelessly confused. Okay, so quick. There's a new tire, the ultra soft. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, i have not even one. considered that. That doesn't that's... come in until, I forget where. Is that Monaco? Possibly. Uh, the The tires on offer right now that Pirelli have approved for these circuits are the the hard, the medium, the soft, and the super soft. Maybe not the hard. I don't know. What? The teams have chosen for Bahrain, however, all are the medium, soft, and super soft. And what's interesting is that Mercedes, each uh, driver, is only bringing one set of the mediums, six sets of the softs, whereas Ferrari are bringing three sets of mediums and only four sets of the softs to Bahrain.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm none the wiser, Tom.
0: Yeah, is, I, well, I didn't realize it worked like that. So the teams bring as many numbers as they want. The teams they don't get, all bring...
1: Yeah, they're not required to bring the same amount. They they get 13 sets of tires.
0: Oh, okay. And, yeah, and, that and
1: how, they, how they allocate them is, well, up to them. Mm. And, and okay. they can't pick a tire that Pirelli doesn't approve. So you could say, I want ultra-softs, but Pirelli looks at the circuit, they're going to say, no, we won't give you those. And they have to choose them way in advance, like weeks, weeks, weeks in advance. So these choices are probably at least six weeks old and based on absolutely no tire data because they didn't have it.
0: So are we going to see less importance in terms of a car being uh, extremely good or bad on its tires this year? Because the tires can be tuned, you know, wow. they can tune it a bit more to suit the car.
3: Kind of, but then you saw Ferrari, they had an inability to turn on the mediums so, and that was like, the race tire of choice.
0: But like you were saying, Ferrari were the team that shot themselves in the foot weren't they, when it came to the actual race. Yeah, well,
1: so you, if, the, if the team has chosen the wrong tire to place its bet on, then they're going to be fairly hosed as a result. Mm-hmm. This uh, is basically what Or, or
3: to at. kind of put it another way, Ferrari were kind of the losers in the choice of having the medium. If you'd have had that race as normal with the two allocated, the red super soft and yeah. the yellow soft. yellow
1: Yellow soft yeah. and the white medium.
3: Now Mercedes yes. might have been in trouble there, like they were in Singapore last year. Yeah. where they were burning through the supersofts and Ferrari were the guys who suddenly had race pace. But they were saved this year because they were able to turn on a much harder tire and Ferrari weren't able to do that. So you could say like Ferrari were kind of robbed of the win by this new, new
1: choice. Well, really, it was a red flag that did them in because whatever deficit they built up to try and enact their original tire strategy got thrown out the window with a red flag. But that's where you can go. Say Hamilton only had a set of mediums for the race. If he damaged those mediums, where is he going to go? And this is the case. Both Mercedes drivers Uh, only have one set of mediums, interestingly enough, because they did all of their winter testing practically on the medium tire. They know more about it. One would assume it's their favorite tire, yet they only bring one set. Fascinating.
0: This is too complicated though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, D- the, the reason they only brought
3: one set was because they knew that once you bolt them on, they last forever because they know how long those tyres last and they were never going to use them in qualifying.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that would be the case. But it's also interesting to me that, that Ferrari has three sets and this this points at a different tyre strategy for the race between Ferrari and Mercedes, one that sees Mercedes...
2: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase.
1: With more soft tires, and Ferrari with more medium tires, which generally have not been kind to their car.
3: No, sorry, Tom, I cut you off, then, mate.
0: No, I just—well, I was going to say—are we given this information in the in the pre-race build-up at all?
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting here staring at an infographic on my screen from Pirelli with all the numbers on it.
0: Okay, Does that, okay. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, they put that out in the in the show beforehand because uh, people who don't check the forums and don't check online they need to learn this info going into the race
1: yeah well it's it's most interesting where you see the differences for example three teams uh haas Sauber, and williams all have brought an extra set of super softs they brought seven sets and only toro Rosso brought five sets and the least Believe it or not, Manor only brings four sets. I think that's because they've already decided they're not going to go anywhere, so they're just yeah. going to bring well, they're not gonna really qualify the for of long. the
0: tires as they can. Do we know what um, Renault are doing?
1: Uh, Renault, that's going to be... Hang on. I'm, I'm... They're listed by driver, so... I was just thinking, because... Uh, oh, hang move... on.
0: Yeah,
1: go on. Uh, Renault, uh, one set of mediums, five softs, and seven super softs. I'm sorry, yeah, did cause... I say Sauber? It was it was Renault that brought that brought the seven.
0: Typically, um, you know, former Team Lotus, they've been fantastic in Bahrain the last few years on their tyres.
1: Yep, and I think part of that might be down to Gross, John, as a driver. Yeah, he he did an awful good job for the Haas team on that single set of mediums going the distance.
3: Okay, guys. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely added a factor because not only have we been talking about it for a while, uh, we clearly have no idea what's going on. So, you know, anything that adds... Uh, a bit of intrigue, but let's go over to the chat room and see if we've had any more activity in there from Thunderbeast. Are you marshalling it well?
4: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm struggling to collate all the information sources from our <laughs> chat guy. we got Craig Alderson. He's getting involved. Craig he's Alderson. Said, uh, Skype has failed him. Oh, okay. The screaming baby that he's been loved with. Otherwise, you would have called him with this question.
3: Craig, stop making your problems our problems. What's the question?
4: Right, I'm going to pronounce this wrong probably, but Dan Ricciardo, Ricardo, Ricciardo, Ricciardo quoted yesterday saying he expected to run well in Bahrain. His question to the panel is, do we think he'll get a podium? I think this year's Red Bull is much better than last year. The tag slash Renault engine is perhaps more firepower than we're led to believe. Okay,
3: uh, shall I field that first? My yeah. uh, Thanks very much, uh, Tony Thunderbeast Barnard as well, by the way. time. it's nice to be kept busy it's a great reading i say no no a podium is is completely off for those guys i mean that's going to be a big step up both the ferrari and mercedes cruised past them in melbourne so i I can't see them making that up unless there's some uh, really specific uh factor of the track that i'm missing matt
1: no 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 they do go well there i think they'll be more competitive but i think honestly assuming Toro Rosso get their act together, I think they're genuinely slightly faster than the Red Bull at the moment. So if he, if he does get a podium, he's going to have to drive to it. And that's going to mean going through Raikkonen, Massa, and probably Verstappen or Sainz, whichever one of the two manages to keep it together for the race. Oh,
3: well, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about if, uh, if we think the Toro Rosso's and Red Bull battle, how that's going to go. Uh, But for now, we're sticking with a bit of news, uh, why don't we talk about the thing that's been upsetting me this week, Matt. You've seen how upset I've been. Sky have got a deal in about three years' time to have exclusive broadcast rights, taking away any free-to-air live races. Am I right in thinking it's 2019 they've got that contract
1: for? That's when the contract starts, yes.
3: Are you as sad about this as I am? I guess it doesn't affect you as much, but, um, you know, the principle of it.
1: I... I am disturbed by it because I think it is not in the long-term best interest of the sport, but, and this is the large one, but it may be in the short term, the sport has no other alternative because it is bleeding sponsors and money and Sky is willing to pony up huge, possibly because there have that there has been just recently announced that CVC has decided on an actual sale price for Formula One. Interesting, And, and it may be that inking a deal with guaranteed income was part of those negotiations. Once upon a time, this, the shares, uh, Formula One, was meant to go public by CVC. So what they were going to do was they are going to basically borrow a large shed load of money By shed load, I mean billion against the sport, distributed as profit, then float shares on the Singapore Stock Exchange, thereby putting the debt public and leaving CBC with nothing but profit, both from the sale of their shares as well as from the money that they borrowed. However, that got scuppered in the economic recession- And ever since then, there's always been this vague push to try and get this to happen. But in the meantime, they've borrowed another shed load of money to continue to pay profits to their shareholders. So F1 is even more highly leveraged. And anyone coming in to buy it or to be a part of it as a property has to be looking at those debt numbers and going, it makes your sport almost worthless. Now,
3: there was a similar thing happened at Manchester United. I don't know if uh, what's uh, what's his new name? What's Tom's new name? Tree Elf? No, Queen T. Queen T. I don't know if Queen T is a Manchester United fan. But the Glaziers, basically, they came in and they bought Manchester United with borrowed money. So the team was then sat there with something like uh, 400 million. I'm just pulling Mm. that number out my ass, really. 400 million pounds worth of debt. But they were debt free. They could walk away. And it was the club that owed the money. So basically, F1 is in debt uh, for the privilege of having CBC still run it is what you're saying basically so um so are you saying that that anyone who comes in and buys F1 has to clear that debt first that's the first thing they've got to do
1: uh, that debt will be part because it has to be paid back and is being paid back by revenue from the sport that debt will have to be part of their uh operating overhead so profit and loss so yeah.
3: so 1 billion will do it do you think
1: well, the billion dollar deal guarantees a steady stream of income. Yeah. and it may have been the banks themselves that insisted, you know it, that, it may have been there's some balloon payments coming due that they were trying to renegotiate, and that pointing to say, "See, see, we have this deal on the table was enough to let them kick the can further down the road till they could either sell the sport or sell the shares in the sport. Either way, relieving them of direct responsibility for it.
3: Well, all right, then. I've heard of this catchy little internet site, and I think it's going to catch on. It's where I bought my watch from, called uh, Kickstarter or, or mm-hmm. kickstarter i don't know how you pronounce it but i'm going to start one of these kickstarters then to buy yeah. f1 i didn't realize it was as low as a billion we could definitely do
1: that tony you and me whoa whoa you... whoa, whoa, whoa whoa that's the debt number i don't know the oh, sale my,
3: okay
4: number. Well, i don't know the sale number even I if it's seen two
3: billion Matt, uh, tony you'll help me produce a, a snazzy video for the Kickstarter campaign
4: I'll do more than produce the video mate. I've I've got half the money already. So I'll throw that in and we're so it. With well
3: it. you'll get the perk level that puts you on the board. So let's buy F1. Yeah. Let's put Martin Brundle in charge because he knows everything and everything's stupid and everyone's stupid except him. So he can be kind of in charge of like the rules committee, the sports council, and then we'll have the shareholders with a table sort of chaired by Johnny Herbert because who doesn't love Johnny Herbert? I think I think we've oh top Queen T, are you saying, Queen T, that you don't love Johnny Herbert?
0: I don't. What?
3: I think he comes across as like a bit of a bumbling
0: idiot. He's really
3: nice, though. Mm,
0: I'm sure he He,
3: is. He is definitely only on telly because people like him. He's not like there on Broadcasting Merit. I think he'll accept that. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so let's start that that Kickstarter. But in the meantime, I'm desperately sad that it's gone off free to air because it's created a ticking time bomb because... A ten-year-old now, you can imagine that their parent—he's into F1, but his parents don't want to front up for a, a full Sky package. Which Tony, I mean, you've got—have you got sports on your Sky package? You were telling me what you paid to Sky monthly.
4: No, I don't have the sports. Uh, I've got everything but the sports, and I still pay a fortune. I'm it really, is like
0: thirty-five, r- isn't it? Like thirty-five, forty-five pound a month.
4: I'm really, really considering just being in the Sky altogether because I think, in general. They they're charging too much. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. They're scaring people away. Other people will produce a cheaper service, and they're going to lose hundreds of thousands of customers easily. So yeah. they are. Go on, sorry, Matt.
1: I, and I want to point that the inverse of this is true. You have to consider that if they're going to Sky, because Sky guarantees them the money, then what that means is that we already know ITV and BBC have booted F1 because they don't feel they're getting the value for the money they spent on it. And what does that say about the state of the sport right now? I think it's an important thing to consider. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Did I just baffle everybody?
1: No, with
3: is, do you know what? I got tweeted at, and, uh, and I'm trying to make this an interactive social media experience. That's my job. Get, I know. Get I, talking with the boys. I know. And then Matt goes, so do you agree with that? I'm like, I, I was half tempted to go, great point, Matt. Moving on. No, go on. What was he saying? <laughs>
1: you wouldn't have been wrong which is to examine it from the inverse that ITV and and BBC have both given F1 the boot so that means that they don't see that they're getting the value for the money they spent on
3: it no but is it that they just can't compete like when when we i won't sort of bandy about figures here but when you hear what sky have paid for this exclusive deal like mm. companies just just running on you know the ads from ITV or from the licence fee they can't compete with those sorts of figures. And, and even as an F1 fan, as biased as I am, you, you kind of, you can't justify spending taxpayer money, you know, quite in that, in that regard. So they've got, they've got no chance. I don't think it's, it's a case of, you know, you, you're, you're buying up your Tesco's did this thing where they were selling beer for like 30p a can cheaper than water, which was putting all the news agents out of business. And, you know, sky could take a loss on F1, just to kill, you know, the free-to-air services.
1: Yeah, but they can't make the money free-to-air, so it's not worth it. The value in the sport has gone missing. There's not the same audience demand to see it.
3: So in 10 years' time, though, when the 10-year-old now, who becomes disheartened because his dad won't buy the Sky package, in 10 years' time, he's 20, and he won't have spent his childhood watching F1 like I did, so where's the audience going to be? There isn't it something like two hundred and fifty thousand people watch Sky legally for F one races, whereas it was four million for the live broadcasts on BBC.
0: Just just to say though, it's not uh, it's not that they won't be able to watch F one at all because the um, highlight the. You know, the rights for um, showing highlight shows are still up for grabs. It's not the same. It's I know it's not definitely the same, not the same. They... You
3: don't get the same build up and the same no, tension. And, and the thing is, if it's highlights, you know that the race is going to start in ten minutes. When you're buzzing to watch it live, you, you're 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 enduring the cringe of the pit lane interviews. Mm. It takes forever for the mechanics to get off of the grid. You're building up that tension. You can't compare that to a highlights package. Proper F one fans. Aren't going to sit there and go, oh great, F one this weekend. I can't wait to watch two hours of action boil down into half an hour.
0: But uh, I, I had to watch the highlights package for Australia last, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. And actually, I, I think they do a far better job with highlight shows than they used to. It did used to be that I cut like condensed down into half an hour, but now you get you get you get all the important parts of the race and um, no advert breaks. And I think they do spend a good amount of time pre. Pre build up and post race chatting about it. it. Yeah, it's not it's not comparable, but it's not the same. I think also we have to think about where TV is going to be in three years' time as well, because three years is quite a long time in this entertainment world. I don't know. We're seeing we're just seeing things with like Formula E as well. Um, we were talking about that on the show.
1: Here's the thing to consider, and I was going to write an article about this, but I was just too damn lazy. The thing to consider. Is I get a lot of my motorsports viewing these days through apps on devices
0: Mm.
1: where you can watch streams, you can pick in-driver cameras, and you can watch produced content. Uh, Bathurst is a great example. The race at Bathurst streamed on the internet. You watch the whole thing. They still do adverts, and I assume they get paid for running those adverts even though they're locally Australian. So imagine this. You have an app. Sky is the video, produces the video content, but you have a local ad server because you have to turn on your location in order to use the app that then serves you local ads. That revenue gets shared back with whatever national station might own the rights. I think there's a way to solve the problem because I would pay the money for the app. I would not pay the money for the whole cable service that went with it.
3: Tony, you're trying to get my attention. Is the Thunder Beast uh, chatting with the chat room?
4: Yeah, we've got a couple of guys throwing comments in. Uh, we have... Craig came back. He disappeared to do some tweeting to get some more people involved. Uh, he said that on the Facebook page, people are reporting that we got caught out by the time difference this week. Ah, because of British uh... summertime. I should have warned everyone. Okay. Uh, I I
3: apologise for that. It is a bit late, 9pm, but on race weekends, we will be doing the live stream at 730 british summertime was that his only comment t no
4: uh we had all hails me dash one says uh he reckons that sky have offered close to a billion dollars for the rights that's what they're going to throw into the into the ring and also we have where is he where is he Yeah, that's ridiculous. And if they throw that sort of money in and they win yeah. it, they can do what they want. As Spanner says, they they could take a hit and then exactly. out the competition. Exactly. Out, but they probably yeah. won't do that. They are from the monopoly. For me, I prefer the Skybox and the interface, and I think they know. That a lot of people would prefer that, and so they they're charging over the odds. I know because ah. people are reluctant to switch. They actually the now TV packages
3: they offer for the sports passes mm. isn't isn't actually that bad for seven quid. And oh god, I'm doing their dirty work for them here. But for seven quid, you can get a day pass,
4: so that buys you the race. So uh, and as Tom said, TV is changing all the time. Like yeah, that now TV. Exactly. I wasn't aware of that until the other day we were chatting yeah. about it, and that seems really reasonable. So I'm going to try that now. Um, in three years' time, who knows what else is going on. So, you know, a lot of things could change. And we have one more comment Ooh. from Craig, Craig Allison. That deed. He threw in something insightful earlier on. Okay. He's actually he's just agreeing with you completely about yeah. the, the Spanish, the uh, highlights program just not being enough. No, if you're, if you're a proper fan.
3: I mean, it's for, for a. No, I hate to say proper fan. I don't like to be snobby. But the highlights is there. For someone like Tom, I know that he was absolutely rammed that day with work. And that was just his only option, you know, yeah. to watch the race. But most fans are going to try their best to watch it live. And if they haven't got that core of watching it live, that audience is going to disappear. Or... They are all, and I'm I'm told that there are ways to watch that stream somehow without paying, but I'm unaware of any of those things. So, I mean, we're just going to see people who are, it's a quids in for the people who run those websites, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting legality chase who's actually responsible for for those uh, internet streams that, that one can watch if one is devoted enough to go figure out how to do that. But I wanted to go back to all hails me, comment yeah which is the tv rights are being offered at around a billion to sky but f1 itself also apparently has arrived at a sale price and that's what we don't know yet or i haven't seen reported yet anywhere
3: okay so quickly then because we are running short of time i didn't think that discussion uh, would uh, i was looking to go into the teams and stuff but i think now we're just gonna quickly go and look towards bahrain Obviously, I do want your podium predictions for Bahrain, but first, I thought, guys, before we go, I thought I'd I test the two of yous' knowledge. And Tony, feel free to join in with an absolutely random guess uh, for these quizzes, and we'll just uh, we'll just see how we go. So, first of all, guys, when was the first Bahrain Grand Prix? Um, two
0: thousand and five. Any
3: advances on two thousand and five? I'm kind of giving away that he got it wrong.
0: 7, 2007.
3: Not bad. Matt, you're the last person who hasn't said anything.
1: Uh, was I supposed to say something? Sorry, I was chatting in the chat room. <laughs> okay. What was and, the question again? And were they saying anything fascinating and worthwhile? Uh, watching live is better because you fill in the boring periods on Twitter chatting the race.
3: That's true as well. Yeah, exactly. And that live element. I, love, I hate
0: that. No, I love getting
1: involved. I hate
0: in, tweeting at the same time as watching the race. I
3: love getting involved. I just do the hashtag. I don't do the hashtag F one. I do the hashtag of whatever the Grand Prix is. So last week it was Aus GP, GP. I think this week is going to be Bahrain GP. And just following the live tweets and then just randomly disagreeing with people. I love all that. That's yeah. that's really part of the live experience for me now on race day.
1: Yeah, and I'd go for two thousand one Bahrain GP.
3: Okay, so Tom's actually the closest. He gets the point there. It was two thousand and four. Ah, there you go. And statistically who is the most successful driver in Bahrain Grand Prix history? Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> Raikkonen's not the most successful anything, anywhere.
0: Uh, most successful... Pedro at
4: Pedro Diniz, is he still doing it? <laughs> Pedro Diniz,
3: 1990. Diniz. Oh, he came into F1 with a shopping trolley of Brazilian supermarket money and turned a few heads before disappearing into
4: anonymity. I love that guy back in the day. Is that
3: the last time you were interested in F1? As. <laughs>
4: okay, Vettel. guys, Vettel, that's yeah, a that's fairly
3: decent guess. Vettel, the answer is Fernando Alonso, who has won three really? three Bahrain Grand Prix. As long as I'm like reading right. But
1: see, I can't remember that because he drives for McLaren now. Mm.
3: Oh, right. And because he's just sort of faded into complete <laughs> exactly. anonymity. Uh, okay, then. So, uh, who are the only drivers currently in F1 who have started every Bahrain Grand Prix since 2004?
1: Well, one would say Alonso. Alonso.
3: Okay, you said it at the same time, so I'll both give you that. There's two more. Button. Button is another one, so Matt gets that point. And there's one one more to pick from, from the old guard. Massa. And it is Felipe Massa. I thought you were going to go for Raikkonen, but he did actually uh, miss one in 2010. So there you go. So who do we fancy then, boys? Who is going to be our podium for the Bahrain Grand Prix?
0: I'd be, I don't think we can look past Mercedes, can we?
3: Well, you know, last year there was quite a few chinks in their armour. They do occasionally sort of grind to a halt.
0: Yeah, they have that epic uh, night race battle, didn't they? Rosberg and Hamilton. I think it's going to be a Hamilton win, Rosberg second, Vettel third.
3: Hamilton win, Rosberg second, yeah, yeah. So really, really playing it safe there. Tony, would you like to say some names of drivers you've heard of in uh, sequential order?
4: I would love to say names of drivers I've heard of. If you come to me last, so the chat room can give me the answer. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt, who's your podium for next week?
1: Hamilton, Rosberg, Vettel. This is my podium for every race. Fair Actually, enough.
0: I'm putting Kimmy on the podium in third place. Oh, shut up! Because I, I think statistically,
1: statistically speaking, you have your highest likelihood of success with that trio.
3: Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, Raikkonen will probably qualify eighth. I'm quite happy to say that. The likelihood of him catching on fire, statistically this season, he has caught fire 100% of the races. So there's that.
0: You know, that's just because now, he's completely unmotivated.
1: What's going to be <laughs> interesting is Raikkonen versus Williams versus one of the Toro versus one of the Red Bulls. Because I think that's where the action is going to be. So we're talking about like the back end of the top ten. I would be
0: surprised 10. if we saw Renault higher up the grid at uh, this race.
3: And uh, and I and I predict has unfortunately to not be scoring points this race as well. But yeah, I think it's going to be it's a Hamilton Rosberg battle with Vettel sneaking in. So I'm going to go for Hamilton, Vettel, and Rosberg. Tony, have you heard enough names now to uh, to join in this fun predictor type league?
4: No, no, it's it's really quiet actually. So I'm just going to say my own. You know, my own wisdom, I'm going to go for Ricciardo. What? The old man Ricciardo and uh, Rosberg. and yeah. yeah. And what, what does he say? I mean, what, what did I say? <laughs> uh, uh, right. Craig Allison reckons Ricciardo. What? And all mm. hails me reckons Rosberg. Yeah. They actually agree with each other. Sounds like they're best pals.
3: They're best buddies now. We're bringing people yeah. together. Join us on the Ustream. Join the conversation. So, Tony, if you had to pick the best comment... Of all the comments you've
4: seen today, what would that mean? I'm gonna say the best comment was. Hold on, it's coming. I've got to scroll up there.
3: No, it's, it's uh, all right. It's all part of the. It's all part of the drama.
4: Yeah, yeah, Drum
3: roll.
1: So you don't. You only get this live as a highlights package. It would be very dull. Exactly. Uh, you don't you just get to be see right us there. There would be no tension waiting to find out what that comment was. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh, Matt PT54. <laughs> And uh, the comment goes, Spanners
4: is an egotistical, (laughs) thin-skinned, I'm going to call that one an expletive, member of parliament. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, well, the rules
3: are the rules, and I guess that is.
0: Comment of the week.
3: So please, guys, we are now on iTunes as Missed Apex Podcast. Oh, no, you missed the Apex. You can still find us on Downforce (laughs) Radio's iTunes feed. Downforce Radio covers all motorsport. They have been at Brands Hatch this weekend covering truck racing, which is actually incredible because you get those articulated lorry units without the container on the back, Mm. and those things are darn fast. Uh, So they cover motorsport in all shapes and sizes. I know they've been doing some sort of... Did you know those vehicles with only two wheels that, that also race each other? They fall over a lot, don't they? Yeah, I'd imagine so. It doesn't seem stable, but they definitely cover all of them. But guys, now that we're on iTunes, uh, give us a bit of visibility. We would love for a five-star review on um, on iTunes for Mist Apex Podcast. And if it's going to be a one-star review, at least make it funny. Follow us on Twitter at Mist Apex F1. And on Facebook, we've been having a lot of fun with our Facebook group there. Also search Mist Apex F1. Tony, since you've done such a stellar Job tending the chat room. Oh, Why don't you plug things you do on the internet?
4: Well, you can find me at a dad's view on Twitter, or you can find me at a dad's view on Facebook. That's our Facebook page. We have a laugh or a dad's view where I blog occasionally. Occasionally, don't expect a lot.
3: Used to blog more. Tom, uh, Tom
4: Queen Tea,
3: Tom. We we can obviously no, that's find gone now. <laughs> it hasn't gone. It's going to stay forever. We can find you on e show. Yes. on downforce radio we will be recording next monday after yep. the long beach e-pre
0: exciting
3: good good matt what are you up to buddy
1: uh i'm at matt pt55 on the twitter and i'm once again flogging one of my wife's books cool go on then say the name of the book oh a common <gasps> scandal amanda <gasps> weaver on shocking. amazon already getting some awesome reviews and Word of mouth. So if you're into that sort of thing, go read it.
3: And make sure you come and join us on the live stream, half past seven next Sunday, post race. And apologies to Toto Wolf. He was waiting on the line, but there is no time. Just time to say that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. See you next time on Miss Apex Podcast. weren't bad, Tony. How'd you find your first F1 experience?
4: Wow. Loved it. It was amazing. It
3: was all right, wasn't it? We was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Did you come
2: back? Will you come back?
4: Uh, if you love me, yeah. As long as we can lock down that six-figure salary we were talking about. Boo.